From Phoenix to London, from LA to around the world, this is the ticket. All sports, all the time, with your boys, former NFL Philadelphia Eagle Ray Ellis and Fan Man. Your number one fan oriented sports talk leader, Voice America Sports. Work it, make it, do it. Makes us harder, better, faster, stronger. Yes, I believe that's it. I believe that was short. A little bit of music. But that's it. Why is that it? Because it is time to listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Fan Man. And Fan Man is out there in the sky, in a plane, um, somewhere. in the great unknown. But he's someplace of which you can all talk to him if you'd like to. You can call us at 866-472-5788. Again, it's 866-472-5788. Toll-free number... Again, you're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Fan Man. And, of course, you know, Fan Man, it's always a beautiful day in the valley. I like to, you know, I like to stay consistent. You know, when you call this show, again, you listen to this show, we are consistently the same couple guys. You know, we got a, pe- a few guys call and talk to us. We talk about what's happening in sports, particularly about football. But we also talk about what's happening in the world every now and then. But... You know, there's nothing better than guys being able to sit around and women and talk about sports, you know, because when you talk about sports, you know, we're all free to have our opinion. We are not sports reporters. We are not sports writers, although we do have a beat writer with us. Our great correspondent out of Philadelphia, Jeff Moser, who I'm sure will be joining us later. But we just like to talk about a lot of things and have fun, but we keep things in perspective. And I want to keep this in perspective. Our dear friend Pat Summerall is a little bit under the weather. I want all of you out there that's listening. Think about the great man that Pat is and the great voice that he has. And, you know, if you get a chance, just, you know, say a little prayer for him. You know, Pat's, uh, you know, been struggling in terms of his health a little bit. And, uh, you know, we all been there, not exactly, you know, where he is now. And I don't know exactly how serious it is. But, uh, you know, he's just got a great voice. You know, Pat Summerall, let me say this, Pat, man. It's one of those names and one of those voices that when I was playing ball as a kid and as I grew up, I just hoped that I could, that I could hear one day Pat Summerall say Ray Ellis the way he well, says he, it. Well, he said your name quite a bit. Well, he's a, he, 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 he himself was a very good football player, too. But it's just certain people that once they, they go to the next level and they reach their days of retired football players mm-hmm. and they make it into the booth and they have this certain type of charisma about them and the way they're able to to uh when a game is that color commentating or either you know just strictly the broadcasting side of it himself play by play he was just able to add something special to it so mm-hmm. pat hey i hope you you get up out that bed if you're still in that bed get some energy get back on the network because it's always good to have pat summerall on the Voice American Network, and uh, Pam, and I'm sure you feel the same way. Oh, I, I definitely feel the same way, and, and Pat, we wish you the best, and we hope you, uh, you're, you're, you're healthy, and you get better, and you're back on the air with us here at Voice America Sports, and also to say uh, um, uh, condolences to George Carlin's family, who, who uh, passed away on Sunday evening, which was a uh, breaker for a lot of people. A lot of people liked, uh, like George Carlin and his, uh, his type of comedy, and the same thing, I mean, uh, you know, George Carlin came from uh, the straight world, vanilla world, and one day he uh, decided, well, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to be like Lenny Bruce. And off he went and uh, made, a, made a name for himself. And he was very, a very talented guy. We'll miss him. And also, um, in, the, in the news with NBC, the, uh, the uh, um, reporter from uh, Meet the Press. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. That, that, that guy, was, he was able to deliver 
the news in such a way it made it interesting. You know, news all of a sudden became entertainment, you know, and entertainment, yeah. uh, not because of the fact that it was, you know, again, you're, you're it's dramatized, but it's just the delivery and the charisma of these people that they would keep your interest. And I believe, is, was it Tim? Was his first name maybe? Pardon? Was his first name Tim? Yeah, Tim Russer. Yeah, yeah, and he, you know, boy, again, you just never know. Well, you know so you Tim Russer was the type of guy, you know, Ray, like us. I mean, you know, you come from uh, you come from a blue collar town. You work your way through. You understand. You get a good education. You 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 you're able to talk to a political figure or a sports figure or an entertainment figure, and you'll be able you 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 have the ability to ask a question where other people will not ask the question, and in a way that won't offend the other person. Well, and, and, and you're exactly right. And that's one thing about sports. You know, we, we got some bad things going out there, and, and we're going to talk about a little bit about you it. Know, I think know, a lot of the bad things that happen in sports, I think, like the other day with Shaquille O'Neal as an example, and I don't want to, you know, put a lot of press on him and, and PR him out there, but him doing that stupid rap song with about Kobe Bryant was, I looked at that and said, you know what, I think it's just because Shaq O'Neal, Shaquille needs attention. He needs to have some attention because there's no attention paid to him now. And Kobe Bryant got all the attention with the game. And then they go after Kobe Bryant saying they didn't win because Kobe Bryant didn't play well enough or he should have carried the team. And you know what? It's a team. And the team got there and the team lost. That's it. And, and, and for Shaq O'Neal, uh, Shaquille O'Neal doing that crap that he did the other night about break, that Kobe Bryant's breaking up his marriage is ridiculous. Well, you know, let me let me just say this, fan man. It, it just could be a generational thing what we're talking about right now, you know, and the fact of the matter is, I remember growing up, you know, and listening to music in the 70s, you know, and, and the music that we listened to, the OJs, you know, had a song, there's a message in the music. And when you think about, I, I've often said, I say these things to my wife, I don't always listen to the lyrics of songs, but some people do, and they, and they take them to heart, mm -hmm. but... Today in the, in the rap game, that's what it's all about. It's all about dishing each other, making the other person look bad. You 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 yeah, sell why, records why, why that, is that dump because the music in the '60s and '70s and even the '80s. Uh, before the rap thing got very big, was just about love and about life and about where we're going and what we're doing here and blah, blah. You can go, you can go on and on and on. But when it comes to this rap thing, all of a sudden it's like everybody's dissing each other and carrying on. And putting up, like you said, everybody else down, and I can't figure that out. Well, you know, there always, there also was a a temptation song about a ball of confusion. Yeah, the ball of confusion that came out. And so there was, there was all kind of things that they talked about. You know, you know, run, 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 but you sure can't hide. You know, people moving out, people moving in. Why? Because of color of their skin. You know, so people have always tried to deliver a message through their music, and some of it at times. Today, the way they do it, it's a thing where they compete with one another to see what kind of rap skills they have. It's, it's not supposed to be anything that's mean-spirited within the rap community and those people. It's not supposed to be taken personally. It's well, just supposed they to be a part take of it personally, Ray, because they kill each other over the stuff. Well, it, it all, well, when you talk about they kill each other over the stuff. Well, the rappers from the East Coast and the West Coast, the West Coast rappers versus the East Coast rappers. Where did Shaquille O'Neal do that rap song at? Was that back East? No, no, no. Shaq did, Shaq did, I don't know where exactly he did the song, but when you think about it, many times the people that are doing the killing are not the people that are doing the rapping. Oh, you know, okay. there's two rappers that I'm aware of that have been killed that, again, they don't know why. Nobody's found out who killed Tupac or Biggie. But, you know, it, again, it's a form of entertainment, but then sometimes it just goes way too far. I'm not covering up for anybody. I think you should be take things into consideration when you decide to think about what I'm about to sing about 
or what I'm about to talk about. And many times people don't do that. And then even what you're about to do, because I, now I'm leading into something about at Duquesne University, a few years back, a couple ball players were at a, a party, you know, and, and, and they got shot, you know. And then once they got shot, I think it was some concern about their recovery and how quick they recovered or whatever, but they got shot. And now they're suing the university because they don't think the university provided adequate security on the campuses. And this happened, you know, down Virginia Tech. There were some kids that got killed there. You know what? I'm not sure what's happening, but sports, normally guys aren't involved in this stuff. But nowadays it's getting too close to the sport. Too much uh, you're violence exactly right. is I mean, getting too close with to the, the sport. With the Shakira on the other thing. And then Don Imus uh, on, uh, this morning starts up about, you know, there's racism again, stemming uh, alleged uh, allegations of racism <clears throat> leveled against him, stemming from comments on a Monday air, on Monday's air with his, uh, on WABC, about the, um, about Adam Pacman uh, Jones. Well, well I mean, first there of you all. Go again with this, with, with Don Imus again. Well, first of all, you know, I'm going to acknowledge the young man the way he wanted to be identified as Adam. Just like when Muhammad Ali said his name was no longer Cassius Clay, it was Ali. If he doesn't want to be called Pac-Man anymore, it's Adam. But the whole thing about this thing with Adam was I believe it was some concern about him being arrested six times. And then Imus, I believe, allegedly said something about, okay, well, what color is he? Yeah, that's what he said. What color is he? So <clears throat> you're telling me that he doesn't know that Pac-Man Jones isn't an Afri African-American after Pac-Man Jones has been in the news uh, c consistently over the last two years about his problems with the law. And I, don't, I, 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 I find that to be really uh, insensitive to say, what color is he? Well, why do you I mean, think, where, why, where, why, okay, why do you think? To come up with? You know what he is. Okay, fan man, so why do you think that he would say that? What, 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 what well, did he, he get you out of that? He did that, he did that, uh, that racism crap with those uh, girls at uh, Rutgers with the basketball thing got fired from WFAN. They, and then, you know, the reason they fired him because all the, you know, the, the, the advertisers were pulling out, so the management of the station got really upset and said, oh, my God, we've got to let him go. They let him go, and, uh, you know, it died down like everything else does, and six months later he's back on WABC doing basically the same old thing. It's just a matter of getting ratings and trying to irritate people. And, you know, he is so a he tries to get the he does irritate a lot of people. In fact, Howard Stern hates his guts. I mean, you know, because of the way he treat, he was treated back in the day. But, you know, I don't think, um, you know, Imus needs to say what color is he. Well, you know, well, I don't know where that comes from. Well, listen, i tell you where I'm coming from. I'm coming from, I hear music, I gotta take a commercial yeah, break. Yeah, I hear the music too. You're listening to Real Sports on the Voice America Network. Come back, we'll talk a little bit of sports, we'll look, talk a little bit of racism, what's ever happening today, whatever you want to talk about. You listen to Real Sports on the Voice America Network. We'll be right back after this message. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. I'm Joe Wood, president of Famous Footwear. We are a proud sponsor of March of Dimes' premier walking event, March for Babies, formerly known as Walk America. More babies begin healthy lives because of March of Dimes' research and programs. And with our support, we can do even more for families all over America. One day, all babies will be born healthy, but we have to walk to get there. Join the March for Babies. Sign up at marchforbabies.org. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports yes we're back you're listening to rail of sports on the voice america network with the number one co-host in the world fan man is with us and uh i think we got a couple of callers holding uh I know we got Jeff. Jeff's joining us now. Jeff Moser, our, our correspondent from out there in Philadelphia. Jeff, you with us? Yeah, I'm with you guys. How you doing? Hey, hey we're Jeff. doing good, Jeff. Uh, listen, and I believe there's a. Um, I'm gonna bring a call on the line. It looks like uh, Eric is holding. Is Eric holding as well? Hey, Ray. How you doing today? Hey, I'm fine. How are you, Eric? I'm doing well, man. Great. Where are you calling from, Eric? I'm calling from Philadelphia myself. Oh, there you go. We got another Philly fan out there. Hey, well, before I ask Jeff what's going on in Philadelphia, tell me a little bit about Donovan. I hear the shoulder is causing some more commotion. Ah, the shoulder's just a little bit of tightness. If it was the beginning of even training camp, he'd be out there playing. So I am not too worried about that. I have some worries, but it's not about Donovan McNabb's shoulder. Oh, yeah? Tell me what, some, what, what are some of the worries out there in Philadelphia? Uh, I have some concern, as usual, at our wide receiver position. I don't think... Again, Philly's done enough to bring the right people in to give McNabb what he really needs to take it to the next level. So I know you guys are probably willing to part with Anquan Bolden to send him our direction. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, I'm not sure that would be a great move to do that. You know, I, I think uh, the young man certainly has a few more years left in the tank. Uh, he got a little banged up last year. You know, he's not the fastest guy in the world, but he just makes plays. He's a playmaker, and that's what Donovan wants is a playmaker. But I don't think we're going to get rid of him, Jeff. There's any, is there anybody else out there, Jeff, you guys may consider? Because the draft is over now. You got a guy, you got the guy out of Cal, I believe it is. Yeah, yep. You think they're looking to get another playmaker? Well, I they're think probably not. I would like them to be. I think anyone's an upgrade from Kevin Curtis. Kevin Curtis is a good, you know, slot guy. 
but when you're looking at him as your main focus when you're quarterback, you need some more tools. Yeah, hey, you know, hey, this is Sam Man, the coach of the Eagles. Uh, basically, uh, saw that guy play and thought, "Hey, this is the this is the future of the team." And he really is. I watched him play in college. He's awesome. Okay. But, so what are you trying to say? Are you talking about Kevin Curtis? Are you talking about the guy we drafted from Cal? Uh, Kevin Curtis. Kevin Curtis. Andy Reid looked at him and said, "We can afford to have him on our roster." There's no way Andy Reid looked at Kevin Curtis and said, "I want him to be my number one receiver." He's going to be the future of the franchise. He might say that to the media, but uh, the truth is, Andy Reid would like someone who's a little more of a go-to guy. So, Eric, are you just a fan of the Eagles, or do you, are you in, in, in a broadcasting situation? Or what, what, what? I'm a huge fan of the Eagles. I also do a sports radio show on WNJC 1360 on Sunday night. 1360 NJC. Where was that? In Wilmington. They are out of Philadelphia, Washington Township, and Vineland, New Jersey. Oh, yeah, I, I know those stations. Yeah. Well, hey, you know uh, what he's... My, that's my stomping grounds. I'm out in South Jersey myself. Right, I used, to work, I used to work at a station. I'd love to have some callers to the Buffs and Buffs Sports Radio Show, uh-huh. and, uh, you know, maybe I can add something to your show, too. So. Hey, that's a shameless plug right there, but... Uh, <laughs> that's no we're inter- hey, Ray, we're internet, they're terrestrial, that's cool. Hey, that's okay. I have to uh, just disagree a little bit with Eric, and I understand his point uh, where, where he's coming from as far as uh, Kevin Curtis is concerned because he does seem to fit that mold of, of receiver that's not really as beneficial as the Eagles need. He's a smaller, smaller, not as physical type as maybe an Anquan Bolden. But sure. uh, the Eagles let Dante Stallworth walk uh, I know. last year, and they paid Kevin Curtis more money, more money than, than Stallworth made. I know. So it's and then we let him go to the Browns after he really... left New England. So. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's not just that Andy Reid felt that he was affordable. They they paid him a lot of money. So uh, and honestly, the kid had 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns last year, and that was his best. And and is he a great fit? Uh, you know, for a team that needs some playmakers inside the 20, maybe not. But I, I'd probably you know if you look around the league and and just take away the top 10 wide receivers, you know, your Reggie Rains, your Chad Johnsons of the world, uh, there aren't that many guys who put up the numbers that, that Curtis put up last year. And let's go back. And I think what it showed is that the Eagles really do need a different type of guy, though, um, as far as getting some production in the red zone. What exactly about the? What I was uh, say. Love to have him mm-hmm. as R two, just not. As hey cool. guys, let's, let let me ask a question about Starworth. Why is it that uh, he's expendable all the time when he's uh, you know when he's a productive receiver? Is there some other things that we don't know about? Injury. I don't think a lot of people trust his ability to make it through a sixteen game season, and if you make it a, into the playoffs, having enough in his tank for a good playoff. Well, I mean, last I checked, he was the, you know, it was, he's productive for the Eagles two years ago, but he, he I mean, last year, what was he, the fourth wide receiver by the end of the year for the Patriots? Fourth receiver I mean, by the end of the year. You go look at the playoffs, and Jabbar Gaffney was, was, had better numbers than Stallworth did. Yeah, I, you know, I think. Stallworth for the Eagles, that was the only year he made it through a 16-game schedule healthy. Hey, guys, one thing that you'll find out in the playoffs, and, and I think we talked about it a little bit last week on last week's show with the Giants wide receiver, is that many times in playoff games, in different sports, other people step up to the plate and actually become the heroes of, of the game or of the series. And that is because you have so much time to prepare for the, the playmakers during the week and during you know the, the sessions of preparation that somebody else, they're, they're going to make somebody else beat them. So sometimes when the when the playmakers don't make the plays, 
uh, when it's crunch time, it's not always surprising to guys who've been out there. You, you, you're, you're talking about Tyrell, the guy who caught the pass. Example, David Tyree, right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, Star Wars. My feeling, right, with David Tyree was he made that catch, and basically that was the catch that won the game. And then he has to, he has to, and we talked about this last week and the week before, but now he has to go and prove himself all over again to make sure that he makes the team. Yeah, but I guess I, what I was uh, trying to make the point of sometimes that, uh, you know, the people that you expect to make plays during the, the big games, they're not always the ones that end up, you know, even if you remember the Cavaliers a couple of years ago, not last year, but the series before when uh, LeBron went to the hole and, pat, you know, and next thing you know, he passes it out and somebody else takes a shot and they miss and everybody's, you know, getting on him for not taking a shot, you know. But you, you want to be able to trust your teammates and you want to be able to count on them. And, uh, you know, coming back here to what's happening here in Phoenix and talking about, uh, Antoine Bowden, I, I think that uh, he feels if he's paid his dues, he's earned his right to be paid, but I think the mistake this young man sounds like he's about to make is to hold out of camp and miss money. I just don't understand well, what minute, part of it. I thought he was already done with his contract, and I thought everything was uh, happy-dappy with him. Well, uh, no, that's Larry Fitzgerald, but, but, yeah, but Antoine Bowden has already missed... Yeah, yeah, he, uh, really? yeah, he's already, well, he has a contract, fam, and you're right about that. He does have a contract. He just wants more money. He wants yeah. more money. Right. But the fact that he's going to miss, you know, thousands of dollars, you know, each time he misses a practice, I don't understand the philosophy behind that. I don't know if the agents are telling the guys to hold out. I don't know who's, in, you know, giving the guys the information, hey, that's the best thing to do. That's the best way to get money is to lose money. I just don't agree with that theory at all. And I, so I think I read, Ray, that he loses $15,000 per day that he doesn't show up for camp. And that money's not coming back to him. I, I just don't. It's not coming back. It's gone. It's out the door. And I, I just, uh, you know, I, I think guys are no, getting well, some... that's not entirely accurate, Ray. Sometimes I believe Michael Strahan held out for most of training camp last year, and when he finally reported, the team decided to pick up the, uh, the fines. But then again, that's Michael Strahan, a Hall of Fame defense that's man. A, that, hey, I hey, doubt yeah, that's that Arizona would make the same yeah, exemption for, for Anquan. Well, Bowles. you know, they did sign another receiver in Arizona, and I can't remember his name right now, the guy with the long hair. What's his name, the, the wide receiver? That could be a lot of guys in the NFL no, no, nowadays. No, 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 on the Cardinals, they re-signed him, and he got he got paid a lot of money, I think. I just can't remember his name right now. Maybe that's Aronson? what the... Maybe oh, yeah, yeah, the guy who does kick returns and punt returns, too. Shoot. Arrington? No? No, Arrington's in bad shape. Arrington just got arrested in North Carolina at a bar. Yeah, that's why I, I was... Well, you know, and there, and there you go. You had to bring that up again, fam, man. I, I, and I said we what weren't going to talk about this. You know, I, uh, you know, hey, I just read the news, man, you know. But, you know, but we said we weren't going to talk about that, but, you know. Oh, okay, well, we're talking about, you know. We're, but we're going to talk about it. It's Fitzgerald. We can talk about it. No. He's got a, 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 a renew on his contract with more money. I think maybe that's the, 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 the mess over there. Why the are we sensitive to the J.J. Arrington situation? No, no, we can listen. No, well, you know, but so guys. That? Thanks, Jeff. Why you so, what, what's the problem with J.J. Arrington? He got arrested in, uh, in, in, in a fight. In a hey, hey, guys, you know what? We can, we can go there. We really can go there because it's, it's, it's part of the news. And, it's again, it's another one of those things that I just don't understand it. Why in the world, when these guys are making so much money, I mean, I, man, I'd I think I got fined. everybody's ass if I was making that kind of money. I got fined one time, and I got fined because I got into a fight, the game was over, and I, you know, and I think it cost me like a couple hundred bucks, you know, back in the day. But I just, you know, this is another chance where, and then Javon Curse, I mean, it could be that Tennessee could, you know, set him down for a few games. He could lose a lot of money. I wouldn't All blame him. He was at a college party that isn't even the college that he went to. 
So All because of the D. reason that he was there. He can't even say he was at an alumni dinner trying to recruit people to go to his college. So. And it's all because, you know, DUI. And, and, you know, a guy, listen, the police could sit outside of any, any bar, any restaurant they wanted to and just start writing tickets every day. So if that's the case and you never know, you know, they may be doing that. It may be. It's not even about profiling because, listen, you're a big guy. You got a nice car. You're a ball player. Hey, okay, well, maybe maybe he was in there drinking. Let me see if I can get on the news. That may be the, the thought process of some cops. I don't know, but it's happening too often. And I think the, the guys just aren't using their heads when these things are, you know, they're getting too many of them are getting arrested hey, because hey, of Jeff this stuff. Merrick, let me ask you a question. How do you feel about the Dynamis uh, controversy right now? <laughs> Uh, you want me to give? I'll give my opinion first. Uh, here's what I don't agree with about Don Imus. His defense to what he said. He tried to defend what he said by saying that he doubts that anyone knows the reason why this guy was arrested six times. I know that when Imus made that comment, he had no idea what he did, what Pac-Man Jones ever did to be arrested. So that's my only problem with Don Imus. I don't have as much of a problem about what he said as much as that he tried to defend it by not just being honest by what his words meant. Well, wait. I got a problem about what he said. Let me say this. He said, what color is he? Okay, now is he saying, okay, the reason why he was arrested was because he was black? Or is he saying, okay, they're out there trying to arrest black kids? What, was, what do you think he was trying to, what was, what was he trying to say when he said that? Because you got to interpret what you think he was saying because it was a little bit unclear, according I, to him. Absolutely a racist comment. And it is Not a racist a comment. He's doing the same thing he did with the Rutgers basketball team. And basically, he also said this, and I'll, I'll put this in quotes. I must then re- reference the show's African-American producer and the two cast members who joined the show when it was relaunched on WABC, asking, quote, how insane would I have to be, question mark, what would I be thinking? He then pointed out no white man with radio or television program has more discussion on race relations since December 3rd than I have, adding, I know some people who want, who want to get me. They want to get him. <laughs> well, the reason why he has to they have those... They want to get him because of his big mouth and, 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 and the crap that he says. And the reason for those shows is because, again, he's just having that show to accommodate, you know, the conversations that he started with his buddies there on the air... And so it's, it's just another one of those ratings things. But what I want to know is, is all this for money? I mean, is this, is this, is, he says that people that know him know he's not a racist. The radio stations that allow him to come on, is this all about money? I mean, you guys, come on, somebody yeah, help me it's out here. it's definitely about money. It's, it's, it's yeah. about ratings because right now ratings is money. there's a lack of talent in this country to do talk radio. So the radio stations basically can bring a Don Imus in, and Imus can generate ratings uh, Ratings where the, aver- you know, where the stations make money on the advertising. That's exactly what it is. Well, hey, guys, we're gonna, if you hear some music, we're going to have to take a break here, and I think we're going to hear some music here pretty soon. But I, I, I cannot believe for the life of me that there is not somebody else out there that can handle a talk show and keep people's interest besides Don Amos, Imus, or whatever the hell his name Imus. is. Anyway, you're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I got some great guys on the, on the air with me here. You come back and listen to us on the other side of this break, and we'll be right back. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. Take the bitch's ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak 
stop or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. If you love sports and like food, or like sports and love food, or are anywhere in between, Sports Bites might just become one of your favorite ways to spend your lunch break. Broadcasting Thursdays at 12 o'clock noon on the West Coast, it's Sports Bites with Chef Die, a delicious, enlightening, and entertaining mix of sports, food, and celebrity athletes. Yummy. Don't miss Sports Bites with Chef Die, Thursdays at noon on the Voice America Sports Channel. school to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports Rayo and Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Man, man. That's what you've been listening to. And again, this is just a sports talk show. There's a few guys just online talking, having a good time. It's our online version of a man cave. And, and guys, let me just say this. As, as a former professional athlete, one thing that I think athletics has mastered that the rest of the world just seems to be oblivious about, and that is racism and it affecting us going out and having the ability to come together and fight for one common goal and put all that bull crap behind us because in the locker room if there is racism there you know it's one of those things where it doesn't prevent anybody from doing his job if it's there uh, it's it's kind of undercover you don't talk about it. it may exist but it's one of those things that we have they have the ability the game itself has the ability to bring people from all walks of life together and it seems like for some reason or another here the past couple of years now everybody's trying to you know you know bring racism and, and let it surface inside of sports and try to create some problems around sports as it pertains to racism and and it's just not going to happen because they're going to be competitive. They're going to be friends. They're going to work together. Now, I will say this. When it's all over and said and done and, and guys go their separate ways, it may look the same way the world looks. But when it comes time to go to work together, to compete together, to, to fight for one common goal, I mean, it, it's, it's nothing better. So somehow or another, there's something about sports that somebody needs to look at. They need some research needs to be done and find out how can these people all come together. Well, you know, my, my, my thing is here with the Imus uh, bit, uh, why is he talking about Pac-Man Jones? I mean, who, 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 why is he bringing that up? Who cares? You know, Adam Jones. Huh? Adam. 
Adam, I'm sorry. Adam Adam is now in Dallas, and he's starting his new life with the Cowboys, and Imus is trying to get rating points on saying the stuff that he said about this racism stuff with uh, with Adam. Are you talking about in Philadelphia? Because he's, well, he's in Dallas, so that may be part of a topic there in Philadelphia, but uh, let me just ask Jeff. Hey, Jeff, is it big news in Philadelphia now that Adam Jones is down in Dallas? Uh, Jeff may have stepped away for us. Eric, are you there with us? I'm still here, yeah. Is it, is it big news there in Philadelphia that Adam Jones is now down in, uh, with the Dallas Cowboys? I wouldn't call it big news. I mean, anything good that happens in Dallas is big news in Philly just because we never like to hear anything positive going on in Dallas. But uh, it, it's not like uh, we're worried about them as the threat that we can't overcome now that they have Adam Jones. Well, well let me just say a question, uh, being sure. a Philly native myself and a hardcore Eagles fan for a long time, and a Flyers fan, how do, how do the fans feel about the Flyers being blown out of the, uh, the, the Stanley Cup uh, playoffs? Well, I'll give you an example. I do a MySpace topic every week on my show, and I ask the fans to rate uh, which team in Philadelphia is most likely to win the next championship. And the Flyers were by far in second place uh, behind only the Phillies. So in Philly, a lot of people think that the Flyers are our second best chance of having a championship. No one expected us to get to the the, uh, Eastern Conference Finals against the Penguins this year. So we weren't that upset when they were blown out. Well, you know, I find that to be very interesting because it seems like in terms of the success, if you look at the, the amount of years that Donovan McNabb has been there and Andy Reid has been in Philadelphia, it seems like the Eagles have been the most successful team. But in terms of their chances of bringing the championship home, just don't feel like they can do it, huh? I think the fans don't believe that the Eagles are going to do what it takes to, to win the champ, to win the Super Bowl. They always get to the point where they could make one or two moves to solidify their chances, and they never do it. So well, you know... Eric, you know that that's interesting. You say that because that's what I talked about last week when you talked when we talked about the uh, Boston Celtics. You know, it was uh, two players in basketball. You know, in terms of the amount of people on the, on the floor, that's forty percent of your roster that you changed and you 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 made sure that you upgraded it to the point where you were able to come in and win a championship. Now, of course, in football, you know, in terms of starters on the field, you may be looking at about maybe eight players. I don't think they're willing to make those kind of drastic moves. But you're right. It seems like the the Eagles will go only so far, but they're not going to do any blockbuster deals in terms of trying to win the Super Bowl if it's going to cost them some money. Well, you know what, you know what, Ray and Eric, when you get when you look at the Eagles over the past four years, I mean, they won the NFC Championship uh, four years in a row. They made it to the Super Bowl in one of them, if I'm correct. And I think you know the way I'm looking at the Eagles right now that they're I think it's going to go into a rebuilding process. And I know the fans of Philly want them to be in the Super Bowl again. They want championship but i think the team is getting older and they need to make some adjustments and i think that's going to happen this year and next year i think by the end of the year you're going to see that already starting to happen if we don't uh you know start out of the box in 2008 you know with at least a, a six and two record you're going to start to see us making changes maybe seeing a little bit more of kevin cobb getting ready for next year. Yeah, but the like, Kevin Cobb thing is what I was talking about earlier, not Curtis. I thought Cobb, I mean, if, you know, if the injury, if, if, if uh, Donovan still keeps on having injuries, and Donovan's getting older. I mean, uh, Ray, how old is Donovan now? Thir- in his 30s? 32. He's well, 30. Yeah. Okay, 32. So, you know, he's been beat up, and he's been hurt quite a bit, and, uh, you know, they, they, they looked at Cobb, and they, they got Cobb back, and when, and when uh, Andy Reid was in Dallas or in Texas looking at him, and uh, everybody's, I guess, waiting for the next uh, new, uh, what do you call it, the new guard coming in 
Don't well, forget, too, we have A.J. Feely as the backup who was a big part of us making it to the NFC Championship. That's right, and you're, yeah, that's right, you're correct. Well, one thing for sure, guys. I don't think I don't think AJ is the future of that franchise. I, 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 don't you know, know. I think Cobb's the future of the franchise. Yeah, I think I think Cobb may be, but it's still listen on paper. And as a matter of fact, uh, our great friend uh, Kelvin Fisher was going to join us today. However, he uh, had to be. Uh, he was called into a meeting, so he's not going to be to make it with us. But you know, I think what's going to happen with the Eagles, it, things may look good on paper. But in all teams, you got to go to practice, and then you have to go to go to practice, and you got to play some preseason games, and then you got to see what happens. And sometimes you may have one of those, you know, where anticipation may turn into anxiety because it may be, oh wow, what we thought looked good on paper, what we thought looked good in the preseason, doesn't look good now, and we may have to make some changes. I'm just wondering. In fact, I was going to ask Fish that question: is sometimes some of that anxiety may start building up after these, you know, OTAs. So I'm curious in Philadelphia, it, it perhaps maybe if after the draft and going through some of these things, if they're looking at the roster now and thinking, you know, we need a couple more playmakers, we need a couple more ball players on this team in order for us to be successful, and can they get them? Are they willing to try to make some moves? I would say this, Ray. The fans are looking at it that way. We need a couple of extra players to the next level. The well, what players are they? What, what players are they specifically, or what positions are they specifically looking at to to uh, to fill, or to get receiver. better players? Receiver is for the fans. The big position that we need to go out and get someone who can play the one. But the organization looks at it and says, compare us to the New York Giants of last year. We have an incredible defense. If you look at it, man for man, we absolutely have the best defensive backfield in football with getting Asante Sanders. So we've got the defense to get us there. And we've got an offense with McNabb and Westbrook. You know, L.J. Smith is now re-signed to a long-term contract. He's a, a definite, formidable starting tight end. So it really is just giving someone else to Donovan McNabb so Curtis can be the number two. We bring in a good number one, and I think we have just about as good of a chance as almost anyone in the NFC. So where do you think the Eagles are going to end up this year, Eric, in, in your estimation? Uh... I, you know, I'm going to sound like a homer, but this is really what I believe. I believe we are the team that goes from worst to first in our division this year. Well, you do sound like a homer, and we'll <laughs> give you that. <laughs> we'll, we'll give you that. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with you know. That's why there's such a thing called the home field advantage. But I, I think I think that may be stretching it a little bit. If you think the Eagles are going to go from from like you said from last to first, the Boston Celtics of of football, but uh, Jeff, you think I think Jeff's back with us now. Do you think yeah. the Eagles, you know, have improved themselves that much that they could perhaps maybe be right back in the thick of things for the Super Bowl? Well, I'll jump on Eric's back Bowl. with the, de- the uh, defensive I improvements. I really think that they have made uh, a lot of changes on defense. I think I agree with Eric about having one of the best defensive backfields uh, as long as they're healthy in football. And uh, you know, I mean, it's not like going from worst to first in that division is is a Herculean climb. They had eight wins last nope. year, and, you know, maybe 11 wins wins it this year. That's that's really not that big of a difference. And if you think you can find three or four games last year that the Eagles just hand-delivered hand to another team, you know, including the season opener Opening at Green Bay. I mean, Packers, they could have easily sure. won ten games last year. So, And, hey, Ray, uh, yeah, just, I mean, just, I, just to make I, sure, I only uh, said the Super Bowl if they pick up those couple extra tools that they need. Yeah, I'm saying I'm they win the, the division. I, I think it's going to be a, a, a team that's, relies heavily on its defense, and, and its offense will squeak by unless they do bring in that, that guy between now and the September 1st uh, that really makes a difference at the wide receiver position. Well, you know, the Eagles have always been, uh, Joe Banner has always been one that's mastered that salary cap, and it, it seems yep. like, 
you know, that's what's going to have to happen in order if they're going to get one of those players either through a, you know, a blockbuster trade or, you know, just uh, somehow or another in, in, you know, picking somebody else up in free agency because they get cut. But, you know, speaking of that and speaking about blockbuster trades and mastering of the, uh, you know, of the salary cap and the Green Bay Packers, you guys bought that up. The Green Bay Packers, I saw something online with the Green Bay Packers are, you know, starting to squeam a little bit uh, because squirm a little bit. They're concerned about their, their team's not making enough money. You know, I think they made something like 27, 21,000, 21 million, I'm sorry, 21 million in profit, but they still feel as if uh, they're not making the money. And it all has to do with, again, the players getting too much money. Well, it was it was it what the concern was that they had made I believe it was like forty three million the year before, and twenty seven million or something in that neighborhood last year. So even though we would all love to have twenty seven million dollars for them, it represented a little bit of a net decrease. Well, you know the the thing about it is I think a couple weeks ago uh, they released uh, a new form committee uh, that has to do with. You know, again, new medium out there, uh, the Internet is going to be able to bring them some additional revenue. I don't think these teams are going to be. I think, again, Jeff, we talked about this before. I think it's some more posturing, getting ready for this collective bargaining agreement. Yeah, I mean, you're going to see a lot of posturing from now until the talks actually are engaged. Uh, and, and each side, you're going to see crying about money and dollars and, and years and Someone's going to have to give somewhere, uh, Ray. Uh, I, mean, hey, I, don't hey, think Jeff. I, I don't think you're going to see the same. See, obviously, you're not going to see the same CBA in place when it's out. So some, something, I'm, I'm assuming both sides are going to have to give. It's just how much and where. Uh, hey, Jeff, i got a question. Uh, what, what do you think is going to happen with Comcast and the NFL and the cable companies fighting the NFL for the rights to, you know, to broadcast the games? I mean, where, 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 have you heard anything uh, as to where this is all going? Or I mean, this, is, really and this is the entire I, NFL. But, you would just think that the pressure has to come from the people, man, man. I mean, there has got to be, you know, if you're mad at cable, you've got to, or if you're mad at the NFL, you've got to flood one of those offices or both of those offices with phone calls and get one of them to cave. And I think cable finally, Comcast finally agreed to have the Big Ten Network on its uh, basic packages after a big battle, a similar battle with them. Uh, and that might have been because of pressure from, you know, people. There's a lot of Penn State, a lot of Ohio State, a lot of Michigan fans in the New York, New Jersey, Comcast areas. So it's just going to have to be pressure from from either politicians through the people or the people themselves. Well, I think it's basically the, uh, the fans. The fans have to, right. you know, I mean, Comcast has all the fans. They have the viewers. They have them in their in their right side pocket. And, and you know, the bottom line is, is that these guys come in, you know, the, you know, uh, you know, NFL and the college teams coming in. And their divisions pressuring the cable. Hey, fan man, I guess you can't hear that music, but there's the music. music. That means we got to take a break. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. We'll be right back after this commercial break. You love to hear the story again and again about these young brothers. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Jack get you right back to your Jacklelane.com presents Jack Lane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. Each week, Jack is joined by Elaine Lane and his nephew, bodybuilder, kinesiologist, and personal trainer, Chris Lane to answer your questions and help you overcome your fitness roadblocks. That's three times the diet and fitness know-how. Three times the entertainment. Tune in every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific to Jack Lane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Take a look inside the country's fastest-growing professional sports organization. Join Robbie Kendall for Inside the ABA on the Voice America Sports Channel. The show will feature weekly interviews with the owners, players, coaches, and influential league executives. Tune in and be a part of the fastest-growing sports organization in the world. You can hear Inside the ABA every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move oh, on. I, just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Fan Man. And, uh, Fan Man, you and, uh, you and Jeff started talking a little bit there about, uh, you know, Comcast and, uh, you know, them caving in because of the demands by people. And that's one thing about it. Anybody who owns a sports franchise, any college, any university owns a sports franchise, they realize that that is the goose and the, and the gold and the egg and the goose with the golden egg and all that. They have it all. They control it all. And whenever you're the one who has the goods and the people are demanding that, then you can demand certain things and, and you're in a better position than those who do not have it. And so when the fans want the games and they want to see the games, they're going to find a way to get them. And one thing, the NFL, and this was about the, the, the Packers that they think, I guess they think that they can somehow uh, pull a cover over our faces and we won't understand exactly what's going on here. Listen, this, this Internet thing is about to blow up and there's going to be new markets of which they're going to be able to reach that they were never able to reach before. And it's still only going to be one game. They're just going to change the language. It's going to be broadcast in some other way. People are going to be accessing from the web. These teams are about to increase in value by so much and so that's why I'm just hoping that the players will be able to benefit from it. The Eagles will be able to go out and get these players that they need because of the fact that this salary cap is in place. Believe me, it's going to be raised because there's going to be more money out there. And Comcast and everybody else that's in this business is going to have the opportunity to make a, a whole lot of money because people lo- – I mean, I can't believe the NFL doesn't – the games aren't on now. Oh, come on, man. Everybody wants football all the see, time. Here's the thing, Ray. The com- Comcast – Comcast was chart was going at, or the NFL was going after Comcast, and the NFL was saying if you if you want the rights to broadcast these games, which is our content, you're going to pay this price for it. And 
Comcast said, no, it's too expensive. They got to pass that cost on to the fan, where the fan can't, the fan can't even afford going to the ball ballpark anymore. Let alone, and now they're now they're doing it on television. Before it used to be on CBS or NBC, and you could watch the game and watch some stupid commercials, and that was fun. It's now really hard it. to find a good guy in this battle. I mean, who do you want to? Who do you want to? Whose side do you want to take? Do you want to take the NFL side and say, well, it's Comcast's fault because they won't offer this on their programming for for just a few extra cents that it might cost them per customer. But then again, the NFL, here they are having their own network and then taking games that would normally be on public TV and putting it on, you know, they're already a monopoly and getting an antitrust exemption, and now they're allowed to do this? It, it seems like it's just two corporate titans with, you know, haggling over just the, the smallest prices that only the customers really well, Jeff, the consequences. Jeff, well. you're 100% right. These two corporate titans are haggling over how much more money they can squeeze out of the poor fan Sitting at home, that's going to—that's that, a hardcore Giants fan or Miami fan or San Francisco fan. Pound these guys for more money, more money, and I'll—I'll I'll guarantee you this: once these agreements go through, and once they have them in place, and and the fan says, "Okay, I got to pay the goddamn money. I got to pay it to watch my." my team, then what they're going to do is they're going to start putting commercials inside the breaks. Absolutely. They'll start doing it. They did it in 1970 with cable when cable started. They said they'll, you'll never have commercials. No commercials. You pay for the right to watch TV through our system. We're not going to show any commercials. Guess what? Everything on cable television today is all commercials. Of course. Well, I'm going to do the same exact thing. And that better be in the players' agreement, Ray. If you want to talk about the, the arbitration with the players, that the players m might as well get a sal the salary cut, might, might as well rise because they're going to start putting those commercials in. But up front they'll say there will be no commercials, and eventually you'll see commercials in these games. Well, Eric, you had a comment about that as well? Yeah, I was just going to say I don't know who I'm rooting for in that battle, but I definitely don't feel bad for Comcast being a guy who has to have Comcast cable in order to watch the, Phil the Phillies when they're on Comcast, the Sixers, and the Flyers. I can't watch any of their games unless I pay Comcast. That's right. Well, no, wait a minute, Eric. If you have Comcast uh, just as a normal cable provider, that's all you have. Now, they're not going to show you any games. You have to pay the extra fees to watch yeah. the Phillies and the Sixers. Right. And and yeah, for instance, if I wanted to have DirecTV, right. I wouldn't still be able to get the Sixers and the Flyers games. I would have Comcast to buy the NFL and NBA package or I don't get to watch them. Right, Comcast will so black that out is, because is, they have ownership of those teams. Comcast right. is See, now, now, a monopoly as the NFL. Right, it's right. a monopoly. And the thing in Phoenix, when I lived in Phoenix, you on DirecTV, you can get the NFL package. You can see every game, every team, exactly. no problem. Yep. Yep, it's great. Well, fam, man, you know, that's why I'm glad that you're a part of this show because, see, you give us a perspective of what the fan is really concerned about. And it sounds to me like, okay, the fans don't mind people paying money. And I really believe if, if they're ironed out their differences behind closed doors and they didn't put them out in the media, it would only be a couple pennies and nobody would be upset about it. But when you start putting it out in the media, and then as Jeff said, these titans are you know, are fighting each other over our money anyway, you That's know, right. everybody gets upset about it, you know. A couple pennies here or there is going to mean quite a few billions of dollars, you know, that these people are going to benefit. And uh, I think the fans just don't want to hear that. I think it was much better when salaries and all that other stuff that's being discussed was done behind doors. I, I just don't think the fans enjoy that part of knowing that, you know, these people, uh, we're trying to put gas in our cars 
and and, well, and you're squabbling over who's going to make a couple right, extra right. pennies, which turn into bills. Economic problem in this country with the gas and the food and this and that and all these issues that are coming up and mortgage meltdowns. And you know the the, the fan now is sitting there going, you know, the guy sitting there going, or the family's saying, you know, I can't wait for football to start. Take my mind off of this. Now they're increasing the prices on through cable television to the fan, and the fan is having a hard time getting getting through. And I saw on the news today, just a little bit off the of sports, that some people can't even pay their utility bills now. So well, let me just say this, fan man. How are they going to pay extra money for the cable to watch NFL? Fan man, I, I, do, I do not believe that the economy, the football is going to be affected by the economy this coming season. I don't, I don't believe the game itself. Now, perhaps maybe the sports bars, they may be hit a little bit because people won't be going out to the sports bars, getting in their car, wasting gas to go to the sports bars when they can watch the game at home. Well, you know it, what? On the sports bars, getting into that, you think that, that, that like a Comcast is going to charge more money to a sports bar to have four or five TVs going with different games? You think they're going to charge them more than just the regular residential home? Oh, well, it all depends on what, they, what package they have. If you don't have a certain kind of package, you can't even go to certain sports bars and get certain games. Right. Okay. So I think, uh, you know, I, I, I just believe that when this season comes up, I don't believe that the broadcast is, is obviously won't be any different. I don't think the amount of tickets that will be sold, I don't think they'll suffer at the gate. But what I do believe, I believe it will be some of those other small businesses, some of those sports bars perhaps maybe, that may suffer where guys used to come there every Sunday, get together, go to the sports bar and watch the game. I don't think they'll be doing that as much. I, I think they'll be I, standing I there. Like homes. Jeff said, these, the, 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 the two corporate titans are fighting over – this amount of billions and billions of dollars and the poor fan that's out there that's going to pay for it might not be able to afford it this time around. Hey, Jeff, that means that's going to make you a little bit more popular, too, you know, because people want to hear what you have to say because, uh, you know, they just can't get it from any place else. The NFL is going to cut back up on who's going to get that content. So uh, are you feeling that you guys are going to become a little bit more popular? Uh, in some form or fashion, you know, uh, maybe in the on the – Internet uh, distribution, the online area, more so than the, uh, the print newspaper. But, you know, people are going to always need their news, some, some, some form or fashion. Hey, uh, Eric, now you... Uh, I, I kind of think that the fan revolution is, is imminent. Um, it may not be in my lifetime, and it may be, maybe, you know, 20 or 30, 40 years down the road. But the fan revolution is imminent because there's just only so much stepping on uh, you will take. There's only so much of the salaries from, from players can go up while the... Well, the economy turn goes down, and and the fan doesn't become disenfranchised, and in some way, uh, revolts on on their own. So, I, yeah, I, you know, hey. it, it's it's a long way down the road, and I know we all cling to sports because we love it and we we budget around it, but the fan revolution, in my mind, is imminent. Jeff, you know what? I was listening to L.A. radio the other day and at the Staples uh -huh. Center to go to the game to, to watch the Lakers in Boston play. Mm -hmm. The beer, uh, a glass of beer, and I think I heard this right, was. Eighteen dollars mm -hmm. for a glass of beer. Come on, I mean, they're it's uh, ridiculous. I mean, it's really fans would revolt. Well, the fans yeah, are going to revolt. The fans sure. aren't going to go, and they're having a problem right here with the and LA I, Kings. You know, I mean, I'm just a typical middle class guy, and I know a lot of people in my position don't go to games like they used to because they can't afford it. Right now, you still have a, a wealthy enough percentage of the population, albeit small, that they can go and buy up these these corporations, buy up the seats, but. The fan revolution's already taking place because if you go to a lot of NBA games, especially, you're not among basketball fans. You're among nope. upper class corporate Americans who are this there because they think it's the cool thing to do. So that's already a change in climate, fan climate that we've seen, and it's only going to get changed as as the years go on and as the, the salaries are different from the players to the people attending the game. Hey guys, uh, you hear that music? So you know what that means. Listen. 
No place else in the world can you get information like that. The fan revolution is coming. You heard it first here on Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Fan man. Jeff Mosher, thank you for that insight. Eric, thank you for your call. As always, I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Me to say, yeah, I got to be made.